All right, it's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Okay, let's talk about the museum, which I think has turned into the hottest story in uh, Victoria these days. This out-of-the-blue announcement that forget about upgrading the Royal Victoria Museum. Let's tear the thing down and build a new one. $800 million. $800 million plus another couple of hundred million for for document preservation and moving stuff off-site. So you're looking at a billion dollars. I think this is the biggest mistake the NDP has made since taking power in 2017. They've really not done anything controversial uh, since winning in forming government in 2017. And John Horgan's displayed a populist touch at, yeah. you know, over time, but this is a serious misstep. The, the local paper here, the Victoria Times columnist today has a full page of uh, of letters to the editor, all of them denouncing <laughs> this project. These are residents of Victoria. This is an NDP colony over here. We live in the most strongest areas of the province when it comes to support for the NDP. The capital region, uh, every riding but one is owned by, in decisive margins by the NDP. And here you have the residents of this capital region denouncing this project as a complete um, inappropriate use of money and framing it against other potential uses of funding. And then this is a gift from heaven for new, <laughs> new liberal leader, Kevin Falcon. Uh, he dined out on it yesterday in his initial, his uh, debut performance in question period. He's going to do it again today. Question period is going to be about a half hour from now. I expect this uh, to come up. They've already dubbed it the John Horgan one, $1 billion vanity project. Um, this is the, new, this is the, the new version of the fast ferries for the NDP. Wow. This is, uh, I think this is a real millstone around the neck. And if they lose the election in 2024, they can look back to last Friday's announcement as the day they lost. Wow. Okay. Is that serious? And yeah, it was kind of like a housewarming present for Kevin Falcon. Here's a nicely wrapped gift for you. Day one in office. Just hit this one out of the park. And talk about low-hanging fruit here, a billion dollars. Like, was anyone asking for this? This is the other thing I'm wondering. No. I don't recall anyone saying, this This uh, museum is obsolete. We've got to tear it down and build a new one. Like, no one was calling for that. or, or No was... no one was calling for yeah. it. There was um, the announcement that the Old Town exhibit was going to be dismantled. Yeah. And there was going to be some refurbishments and renovations. In the budget that was tabled in February, in the budget document, there's a list of capital projects at the very bottom of the list is the capital project for the Royal BC Museum. It's $220 million right, right. over two or three years. Of which they've spent, I believe last year, they spent million. $12 million yeah. of it. So uh, so a relatively modest sum. That went from that figure to $787 million plus more uh, in the space of weeks with no explanation, no yeah. details, no breakdown of a business plan, of a timeline, how this is actually going to work. Other than the fact they're going to spend close to a billion dollars, uh, and it's unclear what is actually going to be done here. The other thing that I looked at, I, I encourage people to take a look at the annual, the most recent annual report from the Royal BC Museum, which I took a look at last night. And every year, one of the things they do, one of their accountability measures, is they do a survey of their visitors and say, did you enjoy the museum? And Overwhelmingly the, positive. Yes. The goal they hope for is 95% enjoyment of the museum. Last year, they got like around 92.5%, mm-hmm. so a little under target, but they said in their report, well, it was during the pandemic. Some some of the exhibits were shut down. They had they had limited number of people going into the building. So they said, we expected a little bit of satisfaction rate to go down. They were thrilled with this. Yeah. Absolutely 92%. delighted that so many people love this museum, and now they want to replace it well, there for are no some, reason. There's some physical challenges with that building. It's an old building, opened in the 60s. There is some asbestos issues. I'm told that there is uh, 
uh, traces of water in the basement. It's built on land. If you look at the old pictures in the legislature of what this place used to look like before the legislature was built, you'll see the Empress is actually built on salt marsh. Uh, and the yeah, it's all fill in there. It's all isn't fill it? in there. Yeah. So the museum's right now, it's just across the street from right. the Empress. You have to wonder whether that is an issue as well, whether that, that, uh, the seepage there, uh, but that's more of an issue for the archives, which is right next door. And John Horgan made the point, a reasonable point. You don't want to have the archives seven feet under sea level, which is the situation right now. Uh, so, but moving the archives is one thing, replacing everything with a state of the art, $800 million, $1 billion facility that no one's asking for. Yeah. And you contrast that to the other requirement, the other needs for spending or funding out there for various things. Uh, it's hard to su- see any support. For Do you this. think the government sticks to their guns on this and says we're building this museum come hell or high water, or do they back down on it? Well, I think right now the, this is a, a great issue for the liberals to run with. Yeah. I think you're going to see the liberals frame this this project against all sorts of other needs for funding on all sorts of areas of society, whether it's more family doctors, which is not necessarily answered with just simply more money. Uh, but you know, you've got. To, don't be surprised if they if they point out uh, social assistance rates aren't going up uh, anywhere near enough, and you frame that against eight hundred million dollars for, for, for a museum that one wants. Uh, yeah. Okay. You mentioned Kevin Falcon. He's dining out on this one. The new liberal leader took his seat in the legislature yesterday, teed off on this in his first question period. Let's have a listen to the new liberal leader here uh, speaking to me earlier this morning. Get your thoughts. And what it speaks to to me is just a total lack of priority. I mean. At a time when people, you know, one in five British Columbians can't access a family doctor, he's out there giving himself $40,000 pay raises and, and, and doing these billion-dollar museums that nobody's asked for. And it just, like, it's bizarre to me. Yeah, this is kind of like a, a big floating softball down to the heart of the plate here from oh, the knock yeah, into the no, upper no, deck. It was a gift for Kevin Falcon yesterday. Um, now, he started out, he tripped up the, at the very beginning. He paid tribute to Speaker Raj Shohan saying he was from Surrey. Um, he represents Burnaby Edmonds, and that had to be corrected. But after that, this was pretty soft going for Kevin. It's actually kind of interesting to watch the banter that was going on in the legislature yesterday between the New Democrats and Falcon, because a lot of them know each other. Yeah. A lot of them were there when he was a minister, so there's a, there's a familiarity there. And I also detected a recognition that they know they're dealing with someone more capable than his predecessor, Andrew Wilkinson, which there really was no... There was no relationship there between Wilkinson and the NDP, and there wasn't a lot of mutual respect. There is, I think, uh, mutual respect now with the new leader in place, and that works both ways. Yeah, and especially when the the same day they announced the billion-dollar museum, Horgan's asked about gas prices, and he had this absolute foot-in-mouth gaffe where he said, well... You know, just ask your neighbor for a lift or don't drive or maybe someone's passing by will give you a lift yeah. and you can save on gas prices that way. I mean, my God, that yeah, was, this was again, after he had earlier said, take the bus if yeah. you can't afford gas prices. I thought he learned his lesson from the first screw up that he did on it. Evidently not. No, I think you could argue that was the worst day in government that the NDPs had. You had <laughs> you had the out of step comments by the premier. And then you had this out-of-the-blue announcement, hundreds of millions of dollars being spent on a building that's not defined, there's no details, and no one wants. Let me ask you real quickly about politics in another province that I'm following here, and that's in Ontario, where there is an election happening Mm -hmm. in Ontario on June 2nd, so a little over two weeks. Last night was the televised leaders' debate in Ontario, and it was really kind of a... Uh, a, a duke out between Doug Ford, the uh, conservative premier of Ontario, and Stephen Del Duca, who is the liberal leader in Ontario. Let's have a little listen to their sparring here. 
This is a positive plan right. to make sure going Ford. forward you have what you need. Last word, Not Mr. more Ford, empty please. words from Mr. Doug Del Ford Duke, and his uh, team. You, you said you wanted to do a, a buck a ride for the fares. Two years ago, you were on the podium and you were saying it's dangerous to lower fares. So why don't you do you know why you're saying plan? it's dangerous? Because why don't you, you didn't support build my plan? any subways whatsoever. My, we opened we're the building subway subways, the largest okay, infrastructure. Friends, jumping in, that's our time. Okay, so that was well, just Paul's a taste of it. Are, Paul's are showing Ford has a significant lead. He does. And, and it's interesting, his personal popularity has improved uh, in this pandemic. At the beginning, I think he was out there too often, uh, and, but he's pulled back a bit. He's, pulled, he's lowered his profile. He's not out there every day. And as such, I think he's benefited from this. He's, his image has improved because well, he's he, not seen as sticking his finger in every pie. When he won the election and became premier in Ontario a few years ago, a lot of people said that he was premier by accident or by default because the previous premier in Ontario, Kathleen Wynne, a liberal, was so unpopular that you know they could have run anyone would have beat her, no matter who the leader was. So a lot of people thought he might have been a one-term wonder. But you know now that you're on large kind of largely on the other side of the pandemic mm -hmm. uh he seems to be talking a lot of bread and butter issues in ontario cost of living gas prices similar issues here in bc and it seems to be working for him seems so. to be working for him i don't i think his opponents also aren't the strongest uh yeah, in terms that's of right. performing and, and yeah. on the hustings are in that debate uh so he benefits from that as well but he's improved his image and his stand his popularity his personal popularity with voters throughout this pandemic all right it's baldry's beat lots of calls right to them scott in vancouver go ahead yeah, good morning, guys. Look, uh, it's the height of absolute lunacy. When he comes out with a comment like that, and the cost of living for people nowadays, it's absolute, total fiscal irresponsibility. It's those kind of comments that are going to get that government unelected. Are we, talking about the are we talking about the museum or about gas prices? Yeah, the, the museum. Mm. Ridiculous. It is absolute absurdity. Thanks for the yeah, call. Well, your sentiments are reflected on the letters page of the local paper here today where everyone's dumping on uh, the project. In fact, the T Times columnist et letters to the editor editor has a plea on the page. Does anyone have anything positive to say about this? <laughs> Please, Please write to us. I'd like to run one. Yeah. One letter supporting it. You know, the other thing the caller highlighted, I think, there a bit was the, the juxtaposition of this announcement at the same time Horgan had this comment about you know, ask your neighbor for a lift if gas prices are too high. Mm -hmm. At the same time, you say, well, by the way, uh, after you've uh, gone hitchhiking because gas prices are so high, by the way, we're spending a billion dollars on a new museum. Well, it's a juxtaposition of this expenditure against all other requests yeah. for expenditures out there. Yeah. And again, this is a, a, a unwind, slowly unwinding disaster for the government. I think so, too. James in White Rock. Hi, James. Go ahead. Uh, Keith, do you know if this project is a BC infrastructure project and union only, or is it open for bid to other contractors? And if it's union only, they may as well just tack another two hundred million onto that price tag right now. Good question. That's what Good. The, that's what the overrun is going to be. But I'm just wondering whether he's going to like basically tell everybody in the province, like he's done with every other major infrastructure program, that if you don't belong to a union, you can't work for the province. Good yeah. question. We don't know the answer to that because we don't have the details of anything associated yeah. with this project. There's no business plan. There's no timeline. There's nothing really to report other than just the announcement of the big figure, $787 million. Well, this, this program is called the Community Benefits Program. It requires uh, workers to belong to certified unions, not, yeah. not any old union. Okay, It has to be one on a list of approved unions by the government. And they say, well, it doesn't, it doesn't inflate the cost of, of the projects. But hey, listen, with inflation the way it's going right now, 
Are you telling me that they're going to be, meet the budget on this museum? I well, think it costs a lot more. Community benefits agreement aside, um, you can put it in the bank that any budget estimate right now is going to be exceeded oh. big time because construction costs are, are going through the roof and inflation yeah. as well. So yeah. 787 is going to turn into a much bigger figure very I quickly. I think so. Scotty in Vancouver. Hi, Scotty. Go ahead. Hi. Uh, yeah, I watched the uh, conservative debate or the uh, – <laughs> Ontario debate last night, oh, yeah. and it just, it just uh, dumbfounds me. Like you had uh, three complete uh, communists on one side of the table, and and uh, Doug Ford trying to appear to uh, to uh, have some kind of fiscal responsibility. And I I just think that the worm is turning on you know wokeism and uh, huge huge governments and uh, you know Horgan with his uh, gaff statements. I mean they they're just out of touch. It's the same thing in the in the. In the United States, the pendulum just gone too far, and uh, the wackos have to be put back in the in the closet. Doug, Doug Ford, it looks like he is poised to win. Maybe he doesn't oh. get a majority, but well, that's the thing. I mean, there is speculation that there's uh, he'd be denied a majority, and the other two parties, NDP and the Liberals, would work together to form a minority government. But yeah, I think the polls, that's possible. That's, the last poll I saw out there. There's about a six or seven point gap between Ford and the others, and that's uh, pretty close to majority territory. Yeah. Rob and Chilliwack. Hi, Rob. Go ahead. Hey, hey, good morning, Mike. Thanks for taking my call. I really appreciate it. Uh, You know, as for, you know, once again, John Horgan, I'm sorry, but his government and himself, they are so tone deaf. I I was telling the screener who takes the calls, I'm going to be 54 this year. I am finding it so difficult to fill my little car, drive from Chilliwack to Abbotsford to work every day. It, that now it was two twenty three in Abbotsford, two twenty three a liter, and this yeah. man wants to spend a billion dollars on a museum. Sorry, it, it's it, that just yeah. scrap that idea, and and uh, you know he needs to get off, get off it and uh, axe the tax at the pump. Well, I wonder so if you see it immediately. Thanks for the call. Yeah, well, I mean, there's obviously pressure growing on the government to to take some measure to. Um, Eliminate some of the taxes. Kevin Falcon and the Liberals are calling for a, a temporary suspension of some of the taxes, not all the taxes, but some of them at the pump to reduce uh, the price. And again, talk about the bad timing award at a time when people are just going through the roof because of rising gas prices. Then to throw this museum idea on top of that is pouring has, know, has he, gas got, on the flames. We just got a minute left here, but has he painted himself into a corner though? Because this has been, this has been framed as an, an, an indigenous, a largely indigenous-themed uh, museum that is going to preserve the culture and history of in- the indigenous people of BC, and he seems very committed to it. Does that make it more difficult for him to walk away from it? Well, I don't think it's hard to walk away from an $800 million budget. Yeah. You can come in with a different building or different project, presumably for much cheaper than that. But again, the problem they've got, this was it seemed to be a total rushed announcement, yeah. a huge project with no details. Yeah. And again, framed against rising gas prices, framed against soaring housing prices, framed against doctor shortages, doctor shortages, framed against closing clinics, yeah. uh, framed against doctors saying they can't afford to have their practice in anymore. It's a disaster for the government, and I think they've got to walk away.